Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, well, this is my first time, so uh, I must uh, say that if I say something that's a little bit weird, it's my first time, so... <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's basically a conversation. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. It's, it's um, you telling your story, how you, you know, got into language learning. No, sure. And, um, yeah, that's... You know, I like to share people's journeys and then kind of expand from there. Um, you know, ask other questions having to do with that and, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, do we introduce ourselves? How oh, do... yeah. oh, yes. Um, let me, hold on real quick. I'm going to close my door. My new way, Brio is on, making my life so we speak. Um, so, welcome, um, Gustavo, to um, Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast. Um, everybody, this is Gustavo Ferreira. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you have a long name. <laughs> and... Um, Today we're going to be sharing Gustavo's language learning journey. He's going to share with us how he enjoys um, learning languages. Looking forward to it. All right. So you can start talking at any time. Oh, okay. So my name is Gustavo. I'm Brazilian. So my first language, my native language is Portuguese. Uh, well... I'm 21 years old. I have been learning language since 2014. Uh, my first language, besides my native language, was English. But I never decided to learn English, actually. Uh, it just came naturally, you know. Uh, I, I used to like, I still like it, uh, Series called Harbor Histories, and by reading the lyrics to the songs and by being exposed to the content in English and, and using Google Translate, of course, uh, I was able to achieve a conversational level in English. And after that, I became more acquainted with the polyglot world. And that's when I started talking to people who are not from my home country. And then I decided to learn languages, learn new languages. My first one was Russian, although I do not speak Russian very well. But in 2014, I decided that I wanted to do something. I was bored and I found a, a website called Live Mocha. Do you know Live Mocha, Janelle? No, I've never heard of it. Uh, Live Mocha used to be what Duolingo is right now, okay. when Duolingo wasn't that famous. Uh, unfortunately, when Rosetta Stone bought uh, Live Mocha, it kind of disappeared. 
it lost several of its functions. But back in the day, it was a great source for language learning. And I decided that I wanted to learn Russian. And, well, Russian was always a tricky aspect for me because, as, as, you, as you all may know, it's not the easiest language in the basket. Yeah, the case system is a total nightmare. Um, I, it took me two and a half years to master speaking the language. And it wasn't so much speaking the language I had a problem with. The vocabulary I didn't have a problem with. It was the case system. That yeah, was yeah. the problem. And But I can't say um, I solved that problem by doing a lot of listening to podcasts that interest me. I, you know, um, you know, went on speaky.com and I hello talk a little bit and Facebook instant messenger, Skype, WhatsApp. And I went in the Facebook groups having to do with the Russian language and I made friends and I recorded myself um, speaking the language from the beginning. And I used like the Michelle Thomas Russian courses. I used the whole free um, memorize all seven courses they had for Russian. I did, I did all that. I did an Ostimil course that was digital at the time. So yeah, I, I had like 10,000 words that I had acquired like within like a year and a half. Like I spent a year doing nothing but speaking. And then I spent another year doing nothing but listening to like press conferences, the news, talk shows, uh, podcasts. And I did a lot of speaking and then I made friends and had an ex-boyfriend that was Russian. And I, I knew I was highly proficient at speaking it when I could speak to their mom who spoke no English. She only spoke Russian and German for three hours and have no headache. So, yeah. Yeah, Russian is a bit tough because of not only the grammar system, but uh, the pronunciation is quite alien to some speakers of English and also Portuguese. If you're, if you're from Portugal, you may fi find similarities uh, when it comes to phonetics. They say that Portuguese from Portugal is like Russian Portuguese. I don't know if you have, have heard about it. It's, it's, it's just a joke, but it's kind of based on a, uh, a fact. Mm -hmm. But when I started learning Russian, I, I was quite clueless about how you learn a language. I thought you just memorize a bunch of words. And I also came acquainted with the Benny Lewis mm -hmm. uh, program fluent in three months mm -hmm. and I thought well if, if I speak the language from day one then I'll be fluent in three months which which isn't even what he meant to be actually he, he never meant that you will be fluent in three months he just said that if you spend three months learning the language with enough uh, motivation and the the right methods, you'll be able to speak in a very advanced level. And then I try it with Russian. I made a Vkontaktie account, VK, which, mm -hmm. you, as you may know, is the Russian Version. Facebook. Yeah, I'm on it. Uh, me, me too, but uh, it's been ages since I 
didn't log in. But I met uh, a Russian a Russian person, and we talked a little bit. And I was I was quite uh, enthusiastic. I was quite excited to talk to someone from outside of Brazil for the first time. And then it was downhill from there, because from that day on, what I mainly do every day is to study languages. And as you said, uh, memorize is excellent for learning a new language. I mean, the, the, the official courses, which are separated into seven seven units right and within within each unit you have several skills just like duolingo but it's more focused on memorization and phrases it's excellent for achieving a2 level in any language you may be interested in and that's what i try to learn i try to do with german polish and Russian, because I'm I'm still learning Russian. After all after all these years, I still haven't mastered the language. I still have a little, a quite of a, of a, of an issue understanding the language. A lot of that is um, reading, a lot like read newspapers in Russian, and listen to the news, and listen to actual people talk, like. Uh, easy languages um, on YouTube. They have one that's um, easy, um, um, easy Russian, and they go on the street in Russia, in different parts of Russia, and pick a topic, and they talk about that topic in Russian on the street and get people's um, feedback about the question that they're asking, and it's like three to five minutes long, if that, but it's worth it because. You know, you get real, authentic content. It's not something that's coming out of a textbook. Yeah, Easy Russian is very helpful. I have, I'm, I'm subscribed to that channel, yeah. and often I, I watch some videos from them, and it's quite helpful. Uh, other things that have helped me with Russian. I think that the main point when you're learning a language which is considered a, a difficult language is your motivation. So if, you, if your motivation tells you that, well, you want to learn Navajo and Navajo is too difficult because it has H aspects, it has X um, modal verbs, I don't know, it's, it's a complicated language. If you think of it as a complex language and you never learn it because it's too difficult for you, then you won't learn it because you're, you'll be lacking motivation. But if you apply the correct methods and if, if you keep yourself motivated, even though it's a, a language which is very different from English or any language you're, you're acquainted with, then you will succeed because I think the main problem is that people people tend to expect uh, that Russian or Circassian or Chinese, Cantonese to be 
as easy or as familiar as French, for example, which is not the case. They're totally different languages. So if you have the mentality that you will learn a language, it it will be difficult, but you keep motivated, you will learn the language in a few times. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because Russian was my fourth language that I learned, but it was the first language I learned independently at like 38 years old. And I I still speak it um, from time to time, Um, you know, probably more now than ever, given the situation that's going on in Vostok, Europa, not Premier. But but at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm, you know, I support, you know, people on both sides because I have friends in Russia and I have friends in Ukraine and different parts of, you know, Vostok, Europa. So I, you know, I pray for them, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to stop speaking Russian or improving my Russian because of what's going on politically over there. Um, I noticed, um, you know, a lot of people are, you know, taking the time to, you know, support what's going on over there, you know, with the Ukrainian people. And, but at the same time, you got a lot of pushback and hate for people that are Russian. And, and I think people tend to forget, you know, language is supposed to bring us together, not tear us apart. And, and at the end of the day, none of these people have anything to do with what's going on over there. You know, they're just as trapped and helpless as is the people that are being attacked. You know, it's the government. It's not the the actual citizens. And, you know, but here in the U.S., just we have a lot of Russian people that have come over and become American citizens and have their own businesses and cafes and restaurants and whatnot. And and they're being attacked and their stuff, their stuff is being, you know, violated all because of what's going on over there. And and I said, well, you know, no one, no one's, um, you know, this is not their fault, you know. This is the fault of, you know, one person. And so at the end of the day, you know, I, I mean, there were people in, in certain Russian groups I'm in now currently where, you know, they're all for supporting the Ukrainians and whatnot. And people are like, well, why are you continuing to learn Russian if, if I was like, yeah, but the language and the culture and the history and the people have nothing to do with what's going on. Exactly. You know, and so I said, I'm not going to stop having, speaking to people that I care about on either side because of what's going on. I mean, we're all helpless to, to what's really good. I mean, we can't go over there and fight. You know, but we can send money or supplies. And I said, you know, learning a little bit about Ukrainian, Ukraine, and you, you know, some Ukrainian language, is is, you know, a good thing because you get to learn a second Slavic language. And I chose Ukrainian because it was it was similar to Russian, and some of the vocabulary overlaps. Now there are different words for different meanings, of course. But some of it does overlap a little bit. And uh, I said, to me, it's not that difficult to pick up, you know, because I, I learned Russian already. Um, but 
overall, you know, I feel that, you know, there shouldn't be, people shouldn't be um, using cultural appropriation, you know, to make fun of people because, you know, of something that's happening thousands of miles away. But, um, so I'm just curious, like, are you, how are you going about, you know, um, acquiring your information? Are you reading books? Are you watching movies, listening to podcasts, music? Yeah, so I, I'm doing the Memorize course, Mm -hmm. Russian. Mm -hmm. I I think I am level three or four. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm reviewing a lot of stuff, but for when it comes to practice, I I use a lot of uh, Maxim's video videos, mm-hmm. such as uh, Slow Russian, mm-hmm. Easy Russian from the Easy Languages channel, mm-hmm. and and to be honest, I'm quite messy when it comes to learning languages because I tend to learn more than one language at a time. Mm-hmm. More than two languages at a time, to be more precise. But what helps me to to get a better grasp at learning when when it comes to language learning is to learn full sentences, to right. learn whole sentences, because that way you can learn the vocabulary and you can learn grammar in a in a combined way. Mm-hmm. So if you say, for example, Minha Zavut Gustavo, and you know that Gustavo is your name, and you know that Zavut, it's they call, and Minha, it means me. It's the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right. the accusative form of ya, of me, of right. I. So if you know all these things from context, you will be able to say things like Tibiazavut Chanel. Right. And and therefore you'll be able to construct your way into, into building your own sentences by by a natural method, which is something which I learned from Xiaoma New York City videos. Uh, he's a polyglot from New York City. Mm-hmm. Who he had a channel called Ari in Beijing. Now he has a channel called Xiaoma New York City, where he he shows he he he, he did he does what our good friend Moses used to do a long time ago where he goes in the streets and talks to people on their languages, their mm-hmm. native language, which he learned by using what he calls the natural method or the sentence mining method. When you sentence, when you mine a sentence, that means that you acquire grammar and vocabulary by the means of uh, memorizing phrases or sentences. You know, it's funny you say that because, you know, what I like to do, I like to go out and I will learn enough of the language to go to, like, a supermarket 
or a restaurant. And I will have a basic, that's my goal, basic conversation and be able to order some food. And for some people, you know, oh, that's that's not really a lot. I'm like, yes, it is. Because it takes a lot to be able to introduce yourself, tell where you're from, how long you're learning the language for, you know, what you want to eat, you know, tell where you're from and and what you do for a living. That's a lot to know. And then if you're going to a supermarket, you need to know how much things cost. So you got to know about money and how to, you know, um, purchase things and and know the different types of um, items you're looking for. You know, I went into a Middle Eastern store last year and ordered. I had bought like $43 worth of stuff. And she want, the lady wanted to know where did I come from because my Arabic was good. And I pretty much learned Arabic from listening to Hayfaweeb. And I had Michelle Thomas, um, Egyptian Arabic. I used... Um, Memorize in uh, the Mango app as well, along with a couple other resources. And um, I also used YouTube and was cooking a lot of Middle Eastern foods. So I learned all the spices and what they were and all that. And then I went inside and I made a friend after that. Like, you know, it was my guide dog. I had a male person go with me inside of the place, but I had him take my guide dog out because she, the lady was terrified dogs. So, and I wanted to finish my transaction. Um, so, and I didn't want, I wanted to put her at ease. So that's why I did that. And, um, but you know, it was fun because I, I realized my objective was to go in there and not speak a look of English. And I did just that. I've done it a few times. I did it in Russian. I did it in Spanish. I did it in Arabic. I did it in Thai. Um, I haven't done it in Japanese yet. That's another goal. But yeah. But now that I've turned vegan, um, I have to be careful where I go to eat because I no longer eat meat or dairy. So, um, yeah, it's it's. It's a lot of fun when you can actually, you know, pick a goal like that, going to a restaurant or store and buying food in the target language. I mean, I did that with um, Cantonese like four years ago. I did the Mango apps, um, basic Cantonese, and it was like A1 equivalency. And I did it in six weeks, and then I picked up the phone after my last lesson and ordered me some food um, in Cantonese. The other person spoke Mandarin and they understood everything I said and kept encouraging me to um, continue. And that's a good thing. When you can speak a little bit of someone's language, it goes a long way. And people don't realize that. So, you know, I I really did enjoy the way Moses went out there and, uh, you know, would, would speak to people from any country. You know, I just thought that was such a beautiful thing. And I'm sorry I don't see enough people doing that these days. Yeah, Moses was a legend. He was quite an inspiration for me. Uh, Unfortunately, we never met. We never talked. 
but I still watch some of his videos to this day. Nowadays, what I do most is to watch... There are two polyglots who still do things like that, that I'm aware of, which are Walter Cordwiner mm-hmm. and, and Shalma. Okay. And they, and they are quite... It's quite a motivational to learn a new language. When you see someone going out to the streets and speaking in another language, and you, f- you feel like, well, that could be me. And then you start to learn a language. You, you keep learning your, your target language, and you keep that in mind. That will be me. So I think the, the key to motivation, uh, yesterday I was, talk- I was thinking about uh, uh, a maxim, an axiom, which I think it's, it's true to a certain extent, which is the hardest language to learn is that which you don't want to learn. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've done that before. I've learned stuff just for the sake of learning it. But I've done it for work purposes. Um, where I learned, I took the all the Michelle Thomas courses because um, I'm affiliated with them. And um, I dove into every single one and I analyzed it evaluated it um gave my reviews on all of the courses and people still buy them based off my recommendations and you know i that that's a cool thing but i mean there were times when i sat there and i had done four languages in a month irish korean swedish and norwegian and i mean you know when you're doing the foundation courses and those are like eight hours long you know, that's a lot that you're, you're dealing with. And, you know, some people are like, well, you're doing this like, well, I'm doing it for a certain reason. That doesn't mean that I want to speak it or, you know, like I look at the people that are in my, my environment where I live at and what languages do I have access to at the moment? And a lot of times it's Arabic or it's Cantonese, or it's Japanese, a little bit of Spanish, some Russian here and there. You know, that's what I have access to. And so, you know, some Thai, and some Vietnamese, and some Korean, some Hindi, some Urdu. That's what I have access to. Spanish, not as much. French, not as much. but that's what I have access to at the moment. And so, you know, well, you can talk to people online. And I was like, yeah, that's great. But if I'm going to learn something, I I want it to be beneficial for me personally. You know, something that I can use for the long term. Not something just to say I'm learning it, just to be learning it. You know, I don't want to waste my time if I don't have to. Now, I love all languages, but that doesn't mean I need to speak every single one. That doesn't mean I need to be 100% a B2 speaker or a B1 speaker in every language I speak. That doesn't mean, you know, I have to prove my language capabilities to people whenever we have a conversation. You know, and a lot of it, I feel, especially if you're a woman and a woman of color, you're having to prove so much more in regards to your language learning because you got all these people that are populate in space 
And, oh, well, people learn in their own way. And then when you tell them how you learn, you know, it's like you're made to feel like the time you put in wasn't worth it. And I kind of see some of that negativity in the community. Um, You know, people are impressed if you speak 18 to 20 languages. And I said, well, how well do you speak those 18 to 20 languages? That's the question. You know, so I don't know if you've come up against anything like that as of yet. Yeah, for me, it's like uh, it's not a question of quantity, quantity versus quality. I think that both can be achieved if you have enough patience and you have the right methods. Mm-hmm. But it it often it if it often happens that people often question why you're learning such a language. It uh, it 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 once happened to me in the group on Facebook where someone asked me why I was learning Coptic, and I say, well, why are we learning languages at all? And and he replied that it's a dead language that no one uses. Uh, on a daily basis, except for liturgical uh, purposes. But I think that if you have a reason, whatever that may be, and at least that it's beneficial, don't 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 learn a language to cause harm to other people. But right. if you have a, a reason, language, and you have the resources and you have the will, then do it. Right. But right, don't mm-hmm. don't get entangled on what people may think because oh that's not a popular language why don't you learn just English uh, for example I'm a, I'm a speaker of Esperanto although I'm not exactly uh, as an Esperant Esperantisto I'm not always advocating for a, a, a change in the word language should be but I often get uh, people telling me that, wow, English is the Franco for a major part of the Why do you learn Esperanto? It's, it's useless. Mm-hmm. I like the language. I have met uh, incredible friends different countries with that language. And it, it may help me a lot understanding myself. So, no matter how many people, if you don't speak it anymore, when it's the case of a dead language, if you learn it with will, with uh, a passion, with a motivation, no matter what people say, what's useful or not, right? When it comes to the quantity of languages, I think that it all depends on your purpose. If you want to speak 20 languages at level or at A2 level, fine. I, I won't call you a fake polyglot. I think that's a very bad word to use in the polyglot world unless you're talking about real, well, people that se- sell their ideas into the polyglot community. And yeah, they are fake polyglots. But people who learn, for example, 15 languages, and are not perfect. They are not fake polyglots. They are just firing hyper polyglots. They're just having fun. That doesn't mean they're fake or anything. I say right. that because I am. I am part of that uh, 
I please sorry. Yeah, I I was invited to come and join it, and I said I'm right now that I'm not really um, comfortable doing it as of yet because I don't feel that my my speaking skills in every language that I speak is up to the you know um, level that Hypia wants it to be. And to be honest, like. I'm honored. I was invited. But right now, I'm focused on, you know, veganism and getting the word out about that and animal rights and a whole bunch of other things that are going on in my life. And, you know, language is important, you know, to me in that way to be able to communicate whatever language I want to speak about the stuff that I'm interested in. And, you know, I'm I don't mind supporting causes like that, but sometimes I've learned over the years, um, you know, being a part of a group of people, it it, it almost sounds, no pun intended to anyone, um, but to me it almost sounds like elitist in a way, you know, look at me, I speak this many, you know, that's great, but are you using any of it for you know, any practical purposes, you know, like survival purposes, like, are you living in the country? Are you working? Are you using it for work purposes? Are you getting married to somebody? Are you going to study in the target? You see what I'm saying? So for me personally, it's almost like I'm happy for you, but okay, so what's next? Well, I must agree to disagree. Well, for because I think that language learning is a hobby. I think you agree with that, right? A very, a very compensating hobby, which can help you in the long run, right? But whenever, but for example, uh, I'm learning. I, 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 I used to be learning Latin. I speak a little Latin, mm-hmm. and even though I don't know many people who speak the language mm-hmm. and I don't li- I don't read Cicero I don't uh, I don't intend to 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 make a, uh, to study uh, Latin in college mm-hmm. I still think it's an inter- interesting language to know right to yeah it, it all comes to practicality but it depends on what you call practical because people have different motivations Right. Uh, for me, for example, I learned Latin so that I can understand old texts, mm-hmm. and if I'm able to that to do that, well, then I'm glad. And and I'm also interested in Roman Reconstructionism, which is oh. a movement, mm-hmm. which is a movement that that tries to. To rebuild what the Roman culture was during the Roman Empire period, and I, I'm very interested. And uh, I love anything Roman, all things Roman. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, and yeah, I, I I love I just love Latin and all all those things, especially because I think that languages have their certain appeal because. They used to be lingua francas all over the world. If you, th- mm-hmm. if you take, for example, 
uh, Alex the Great, Alexander mm-hmm. the Great. Uh, during his time, Greek was the lingua franca of, of the world, world, of the known world, that is. Because if, if you wanted to go to, uh, if you want to study, you would learn Greek. If you are in Caesar's time, if you want to study, you would learn Latin and also Greek because Greek was also part of the Roman Empire. But the thing is, that languages, constructed languages and natural languages, they all have their appeals and they all have their appeal to someone who wants to learn them. If you want to learn a language and you you find it like, if, if it's a hobby, then do it. If it's for work, then and now, now we come to an interesting aspect because there, there are many people who learn languages solely for the purpose of practicality, but right. do not enjoy languages. And that's the case that I'm most worried about. Right. Because, for example, my, my, my brother, he doesn't know English, and he wanted to, to learn English. And he said to me, well, I just uh, download Duolingo and now... I spend a fortnight doing all the lessons, and when I finish, I'm fluent. And and we all know that's not true. Oh God, it takes but time. It takes time, and also the thing is, um, he wanted to learn English not because he liked the language, but because he needs he needed to learn the language. But if you don't like the language, it will be tremendously difficult to learn it. Right. That's uh, why I advise mm-hmm. people to seek things they like about the, 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 the language culture. For example, I'm reading right now, I'm reading some, in Portuguese, by the way, I'm, I'm reading a book which compiles some short stories from Anton Chekhov. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I'm reading, I feel more motivated to learn Russian. And whenever I see the Kremlin, mm-hmm. uh, whenever I see anything Russian, right, I feel the urge to go to memorize and study, to talk to people, to go to Italki and look for tandems, and and that's it. If you have motivation, you have everything in your hand. Oh, trust me, I, I totally agree. Um, I think that that's a, a main factor, but I also think, like, I don't know, I don't know if you've traveled outside of Brazil or not, or have gone to other countries yet, but um, I know people who have gone to certain countries, they've spent, like, I don't know, five, six, seven years with their target language, and still, and when they went, they didn't know the proper vocabulary and phrases to be able to survive. Like, they didn't know how to, like, ask how much something costs to buy some toothpaste or, like, how to order food or go to the grocery store. Anything that, you know, you and I would take for granted in our native tongue. They didn't know in their target language. And I said, oh, honey, that's the first thing I would have learned. You know, Yeah, but but that's the thing that I think it's very subjective because, for example... Whenever I'm learning a language and I come across a, a textbook which 
which I have to download because I don't have money to pay for, right. for, for textbooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I see things like, oh, turn left. Uh, where, is the, where is the coffee shop? I, I don't use those terms because I've never traveled outside of Brazil. Right. So, it, so vocabulary is, ex, uh, is extremely, it depends on what your intents are. Since I don't intend to go out of Brazil too soon, uh, I tend to learn uh, only vocabulary related to conversation. So I can mm-hmm. talk to people from on the internet, but right. not necessarily ask directions, ask for hotels. And, and it's, it's kind of a bummer because Whenever I start learning a language using a colloquial, root-led colloquial, or right. teach yourself, mm-hmm. which are which are very well-known products, as you may know. Right. Well, whenever I come across sentences like, uh, where is my room? I think, well, I don't need to learn that. I, I, I have no plans to go outside of Brazil because I, I can't right now. I don't have right. the money. Right, right. But it's kind of a, a bummer when, la- when language learning is, is result to that. It's, it's all about getting out of the country and asking for information. Sometimes you want to ask. And even if you la- leave your country, sometimes you want to ask uh, the fellow native, uh, what does he think about the language literature? Uh, not just uh, right. where's the taxi stand, where's the bus. My name is Mr. John. I'm a businessman. Not yeah. every, not everyone is called Mr. John, and not everyone is a businessman. Right, 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 right. Oh, I definitely get that. But I guess when you're going over to somewhere, and you're going to be there for a nice amount of time. I mean, this isn't a vacation. Like this person was there for like more than two months. You know. Yeah. And so. I, that would be something that I would want to know. I mean, because I'm going to be honest, when I was learning Russian, I learned, I used my house as a teaching tool. You see what I'm saying? I needed to know what my living room was and, and my bedroom and the backyard, the front yard. What describe things because people wanted to know what what my house looked like. Now, if I didn't know how to say those things in Russian, I was screwed. So I did that. But, you know, I also chose things that interest me as well in order to be able to have a more meaningful conversation. Because a lot of times you don't know who, if you're talking to someone who or how they're, you know, uh, how they're dealing with the, uh, you know, topics that you're wanting to talk about. You know, you can talk about something as simple as, what did you do last weekend? Or, you know, you could talk about the World Cup, which I got to talk about in French, Russian, and Spanish like four, four years ago when it was in Russian. And I, oh, you know, but I got to talk to people that I knew that spoke all those languages. So I learned the vocabulary for all those languages about the World Cup and how I felt. And so, you see what I'm saying? So I could have a more meaningful conversation. Because that was yeah, something that you. was that was something that was going on, so I guess in my mind, yes, people can talk about the main twenty-five questions 
that that you would see normally, you know, when someone's starting out to learn a language. But if they really want to get to know you as a person, then they're going to want to know certain things about your home life and, you know, what you do for a living or, you know, do you travel, even if it is inside the country that you're living in, you know, so forth. What kind of foods do you eat? You know I'm saying so you're, you're having an overall conversation. But if I were to go somewhere, I would want to know how to ask for directions. I would want to know the different, you know, the same things that I use in my, my English life as a native English speaker. I would want to know that in my target language, because, you know, for me, I'm visually impaired, so I can't read the signs. You see what I'm saying? So I have to have that type of vocabulary in my head to be able to refer to, you know. And um, I guess, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you can read it. I was like, yes, but not everybody can. So, you know, when someone tells me they learned Mandarin for five or six years and they didn't know how to do simple things like go to a grocery store and ask how much this costs. You know, you're going shopping like you would in your your native tongue. And you don't know how to do that in your target language. And you're going over to somebody else's country to live and work. That You see what I'm saying? Like, those are the types of things I would want to know. Just because you just don't know when you're going to need that type of information. And I think sometimes people take it for granted that when they're they're going somewhere to know what the laws are, the customs, the how people dress how people interact with each other, especially if you're a man versus a woman and so forth. You know, because when you go over to someone else's country, you want to know these things just for legal purposes, if anything. You know. Uh, Yeah. I mean, because even in Russia, I just use that as a prime example, if you go over to somebody's house, you have to register, you have to go to the country, you have to um, you know, check in with your um the person you're staying with. You gotta check in with the police. You know, there's a lot of things you have to do. Um, you know, because they have a passport inside the country and they have a passport to go outside the country. And so you have to make sure you have all of your T's crossed and your I's dotted and your punctuation put in the right places in order to be able to maneuver around there. You know, so um, I, I learned a lot about, you know, Russian culture and their laws and how things work over there. And it made me really be fascinated with other, you know, language as a whole, but certain countries that I was interested in, like the Middle East and certain parts of Asia. And I always look at that sort of, um, I'm sorry, I have no idea what happened. Like, oh, me, me neither. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, it it, it what it happened is it, it it recorded everything, and then um this this part I can just add it to it. So. But, oh, nice. But but I was saying, um, you know, I think that's an, another thing that I found to be important is that a lot of these people they learn these languages or they go over to other countries. And they don't know what the laws and the customs are and the people's traditions. You see what I'm saying? 
they're so hell-bent on learning the language, they forget about the other important parts to the people's society. So if you go over there, it'd be great to speak the language, but if you don't know how they dress, especially if you're a woman, and you don't know how they dress or how they behave around each other, you see what I'm saying? And you're foreign yeah. to their way of living. It can be quite, you know, um, a very daunting experience. That's like if I were to go to Brazil, I would still want to know how things work over there. Just because, you know, um, I wouldn't want to offend anyone. I would want to try to want to blend in, even though I know it would be kind of weird because I'm American and visually impaired. But yeah. <laughs> You know, I would I would want to be able to understand what's going on, you know, from that standpoint, you know, in that way. And I mean, I don't really I, I see a lot of videos where people say, well, these are the best countries I've gone to, but they didn't speak the language at all. And then here's, the, you know, Morocco, I'll use this prime example. They speak Spanish, French, Arabic and English. And. If, the, if all you know is English, but you don't know any French or any Arabic as a prime example, um, and you wind up going to like a bazaar somewhere to go buy food or, you know, souvenirs or whatever, and you wind up paying more than what you should be paying, a lot of that's because you don't know the language and they know this. And so they're able to, you know, kind of rip you off. And then when you leave, you're like, I hate this place. I mean, I've I've seen that on YouTube and I'm like, I've commented like, well, did you think about learning the language? You know, because that's kind of important. Even if you just learn a little bit, even if it's A1, it's better than nothing. But yes. if you just go over to someone else's backyard, you don't even know how to say hello. My name is, I need help. I want this or whatever. Thank you. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, is, is extremely important. But, you know, I think sometimes, too, I, and I mean, I love the polyglot environment. I A lot of people are very warm and friendly and welcoming. But then you have people where they kind of have this polarizing view. I learned one language, mastered it. And so I'm the best at this language, blah, blah, blah. And But yet they go on YouTube and they'll, you know, knock down people that have learned more languages than they have. And they've said things like, I don't know, um, I won't mention names, but I will say someone said, well, you can't become fluent speaking it as it's coming out of your mouth um as an adult you have to you become fluent when you're a kid and that's the only way that you ever be able to learn is that way and i and i wrote them and i said that's not true because there's plenty of adults that become highly proficient at speaking reading writing and so forth in their target languages so i don't know where you're getting this from and that's very negative and it's a very um awful thing to say um, especially on screen you're going to turn off a lot of people from wanting to learn from you based off of those negative comments you just put out there you know and yeah. 
I, I just, I find that, I find that a lot of stuff is I learn in seven days or I learn in 24. Now you and I both know it takes longer than 24 hours or seven days to learn a language. Unless they're speaking Takipona. Yeah. Well, unless you, okay, we have 24 hours in a day. So eight of those hours are, you know, supposed to be for sleeping. So you have 16 hours left. Unless you use half of those hours to learn a language every day. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that healthy. Right. I mean, first of all, your brain will be overloaded. Now, I've done that with, I don't know, Michelle Thomas courses where I've done it in seven hours. But I was doing it to see how much I can acquire in seven hours. But I was also reviewing it, the courses for work purposes. So it was a little bit different. And sometimes I like to test myself, you know, to see if I can get through a 10 chapter mango course in like a couple weeks or whatever, you know, which I can. But I mean, I'm doing like a chapter, you know, every week or so. So it might take me six weeks or eight weeks to get through that whole thing. Okay, fine. But if I'm getting something out of it, if I'm learning how to order food or count or just anything that I didn't know before, that's a win for me. You know, and I, I've also have started to understand, um, you know, when people say I'm learning a brand new language and they, they put up their uh, their level zero video. Um, I mean, they might have studied for like two hours and got a whole bunch of phrases and stuff down pat and went and started speaking after, you know, those two hours were up for their level zero video. And then people are like, well, for someone that's supposed to be a beginner learner, you should do learn fast. That makes me feel a little inadequate about my own learning. If you can do it. And then I write, because I'm, I'm not the host of the channel, but I would write and say, look, why are you comparing yourself to this person? This person must have learned more than four or five languages already. And they kind of know what they're doing. So that's why they're able to acquire as much information in a short amount of time. It's because of, you know, whatever method or courses that they're using. So, and how much time are they really focusing and so forth and so on. So I said, you know, you just do you and be happy with whatever it is that you're doing. Because just to crack open a book or open an app or turn on some music and try to learn a brand new language is, you know, it's gutsy in itself, you know, because a lot of people wouldn't do that. You know, they'll just be happy with whatever language they speak and that's it. It may be English. They might learn English. And then after that, they're like, okay, whatever. I don't need to learn anything else. You know, so I kind of look at it, you know, from that aspect, I would say, um, the language learning community is a very big community uh, with a lot of people that really enjoy it um, in their own way and they learn in their own way. But at the end of the day, you, you do got your haters and it, it can be quite uh, a daunting situation for some people that are just breaking into it. 
So, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? The delusion by the idea of achieving fluency by merely consuming, as I said, my, my, my brother thought he could learn English just by using Duolingo in a fortnight, which is right which is it's actually not possible if if i'm not mistaken i i may be wrong but all things point me to believe that that's not possible but there's also the thing as you mentioned that people may compare themselves with other polyglots and ha- right. and, and that happened with me uh, as well whenever i saw moses or richard simcott speaking so many languages and they I, I was I, I thought well why can I speak like them why can they speak so well with so little time learning the language and and it turns out that they have the right methods for them it, it, mm. it's 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 important to know that people have different methods to learn languages it also it all depends on what suits you but when it comes to learning languages, it's not a competition. It's definitely right. not a competition. You know, and it's so weird, though, because you have people where they're really good at what they do. But then when you see them on, like, screen speaking, you I mean, you give them kudos for even trying to create a video in all those languages to begin with. But then, I mean, and really talk about subject matter, you know, more than my, I can say my name is in 15 languages. Well, anyone can do that. Okay. I mean, but to really go deep into it and express yourself in each language and go through one after the other seamlessly, that takes time. And, you know, uh, if you're doing a video, you're sitting there and you're, um, editing too and so it's not like a person sees you know all the flaws that went into you learning this language so all the mistakes that you made they're not seeing all that if they saw all that then I guarantee you a lot of these people wouldn't be comparing themselves to these people they would be like humbled by it because well, they're just like me. Okay, they screw up too. But a lot of it is, let's edit it a certain way, you know, to get clickbait, you know, to make this clicky and get more viewership and so forth and so on. But there are people out there where uh, they're really good at what they do. And they have learned it for years. Like Luca Lampriello, prime example. Ollie Richards, another person. Richard and Stuje Raj and Steve Kaufman and Dr. Stephen Krashen. And, you know, you, you, you have all these people who are, you know, uh, Vladimir Scotetti, which is a good friend of mine. Um, you know, these people speak really, really good. 
and um, it it didn't happen overnight. You know, it took them time to even get to where, like, a person I admire is Tim Keeley. And that guy speaks, he's been studying languages for almost 50 years. And he has lived all over the world and worked all over the world. And he's very, oh my God, some of the languages he can speak. uh, I was in a room with him two years ago. And he spoke like, he went from like Spanish to Chinese to, I mean, like in five hours, he went through like 10 or 15 different languages. I literally had to leave the room because I was going from overload, just listening to him. Some of it I can understand, some of it I couldn't understand. But it was just amazing to hear his his um, take on language learning and what you know what he did and what resources he couldn't find and you know I I just I loved it. You know it was it was an amazing thing to see. And when you can take that much time to learn, like these people have, you know decades. Not like months or a couple years. That 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 says something to me, you know. And I really enjoy watching that, you know, unfold, you know. And people, it's people like that that I admire, you know, a great yeah, deal. Yeah, I admire them because it that took a lot to learn all that. You know, it took me two and a half years just to learn Russian to a nice level. Uh, what's up at a C1 level at one point? I mean, I can get back to it if I want to. But, you know, um, my grammar might not be the greatest, but, you know, I do what I do. And, um, you know, it's it's a process, like I tell people on my show. Language, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process. Of learning because, exactly. you know, you you got to make it fun. You know, it. so if you don't pronounce something correctly, it's not the end of the world. You know, I mean, who are you trying to impress? I actually have to ask people that. Are you trying to impress somebody? Because I guarantee you the average person does not care. <laughs> they don't. You know, and I mean... For someone that doesn't speak another language, they'll ask you to speak in whatever languages, you know, you could say a couple words and then they'll think that that's the greatest thing on the face of the planet. And I'm like, yeah, but then when you speak to a native speaker, you find yourself, you know, okay, I've learned this much. Let's see what where this goes. You know, maybe we'll have something in common. Maybe we'll strike up a friendship and I did I struck up a lot of friendships with people in Russia and people in Brazil for the little bit of Portuguese I learned a long time ago and um, you know I know a lot of people in the Spanish world and Asian world and elsewhere but you know like I tell people I might not study every single language I might have dipped and dabbled in certain ones for, for professional reasons but Overall, I know what my favorite languages in the world are. And those are the ones that I focus on for me personally. You know, not for anybody else. And, you know, I I might have a whole bunch of Harry Potter books and a whole bunch of languages. 
but that's not the only thing I read. You know, I read other stuff. Um, you know, I, I try to find content that's compelling. So, like, I like talk shows where you actually have an interview format and you're interviewing somebody or you're using the real language with people like in the audience and stuff, you get their responses and how they say things in real time. I enjoy that more so than I do. Let me look this up in a textbook because in reality, none of us learned our first languages by, you know, using a textbook. We learn by listening and repeating what our parents said, our relatives or friends, you know, then we went to school. Then we learned how to read and write. Then we learned how to analyze stuff and study other things. And then it just grew from there. But I think a lot of times people forget that we did not learn how to speak a language from a textbook. You know, in the beginning, we just learned by, you know, immersing ourselves, you know, listening. Which, you know, is extremely important. It's just as important as reading and writing, but I feel... Speaking and listening are two of the most important forms of communication because if you cannot understand what someone is verbally saying to you, you see what I'm saying? That's that's not good. That can cause all kinds of communication problems. And if your writing's not good, then yes, you need to focus on the speaking and listening. Because I guess on both sides of the screen... You want to be understood and they want to be able to understand you and vice versa. And I feel that language learning is a bridge that connects us, you know, in so many ways. Yeah. And well, as you said, Learning languages, when it comes to to be understood, the thing is that most people focus too much on grammar and right. on actual conversation, which is the primary function of language communication. Right. And I, I was, I was looking for resources for Arabic a while mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And I saw colloquial Arabic. I, I was looking for resources that uh, taught the Gulf Arabic. Because I, mm-hmm. I was interested in Saudi Arabia and the Emirates and all, all, all of those countries. And all I found was a colloquial, colloquial guide. But the course itself, it it, it focused too much on grammar and not on conversation. And I find that it's very detrimental to a language learner because that way you will learn how to say the past perfect simple participle before you even mm-hmm. know how to say my name is and I am from. And that's very frustrating because People don't want to say the cats. In, people don't want to start saying the cats on the table. They want to say, "I'm Gustavo. I'm from Brazil. Right. What's your name?" Right. And I think that many of languages' resources aren't meant for language learners. 
Right. They are they are meant for language researchers, for linguists. Yeah, or if you're going like on a vacation for two weeks, that's pretty much what it's meant for. Yeah. That's which is pretty unfortunate. Much, right. Actually, uh, I was gonna say there is an Arabic um course that I did find where you can learn golf Arabic. Do you remember it's at the tip of my tongue, but what I'll do is I will um, send it to you in an instant message. No, thank you. Yeah, because I, I found that, and I I think... Wait, does Mango Languages have that? Mango has Egyptian, Levantine, Iraqi, and also... Modern. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Michelle Thomas just has MSA Foundation in Egyptian Arabic. Um, I'm trying to think. There's there's another one. Have you tried Memorize? Yeah, but Memorize is highly. It's it's, it's difficult to learn uh, some things from Memorize because it all depends on the course. If right. the person who makes the course. Uh, doesn't add, for example, uh, the Latin script or mm -hmm. romanization or pronunciation, then you're stuck with the Arabic alphabet, which, which doesn't include uh, vowels, and you don't know how to pronounce a word, so it's very difficult to learn. I tried to learn Arabic with Memorize, and it didn't go well in any dialect which I chose. Mango, uh, on the other hand, is right. very helpful because it has that mm -hmm. um, it has that flashcard system. Mm -hmm. it, it features four types of Arabic, MSA being one of them. Right. And, well... I used it for Levitine and Egyptian. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, I have no idea what is going on. <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah. I, I also don't know what, what happened. Yeah. I'm new to this app. Yeah. Um so you were you were talking about um Oh, mango and how you like the flashcard system. Yeah, but mango also does something which I don't like, which is they focus too much on the aspect of travel. Most polyglots actually can travel. For me, for example, I, I, I can't... I could go to Guatemala. Mm -hmm. I can't right now. So when I was learning Kiche, which is a Maya language, as you may mm -hmm. know, they, they often taught things like, teacher, please give me the pencil. And those are phrases that I would never use in my right. life unless I went to Guatemala, which is not very soon. But what I wanted was to learn a language in a more free way. But... but Overall, Mango is a very interesting platform because 
it teaches a wide array of languages, such as uh, I was learning a little bit of Tuvan, mm-hmm. which is a Turkic language, as, I, as you may know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Aramaic, and also they, they have uh, ancient Greek, but I don't like their ancient Greek and Latin courses. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's a very good app. Yeah, I've used it for Hebrew. I did it for um I did it for Persian. I did it for modern Greek. Um I did it for Persian too. It's I think I did good. I did it I did it for um Irish. And I think I did it for Is- Icelandic, maybe? No, Finnish. I did it for Finnish as well. And Swahili. Ah, Swahili. Yeah, so I did it for those. Oh, no, and I also did it for Turkish and Cantonese and Hindi. Oh. And I did use it for Levantine Arabic and Egyptian Arabic as well. So I did it for those. But, I mean, honestly, like, um, it, it's very, it's a very, oh, no, and I also used it for Malay. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's another thing too. Like you'll be surprised what you learn using it, but I kind of felt like it was, it was touristy. It did kind of remind you of Pimsleur a little bit. Except with Pim, at least with this, you can actually skip around, but with Pimsleur, you can't really do that. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about Pimsleur is that you can work on your accent. It's good for that, but it's so slow. Yeah, I get it. But I was never much fond of audio courses because uh, I tend to first write and then speak and and listen because Mm -hmm. I'm... I'm a little bit paranoid about the fact that I know how how a word is pronounced, mm-hmm. but I know don't know how to read or write it. Right. So it makes me a little nervous about that. Yeah, I you know when I learn a language, I learn the alphabet. Yeah. And then that way I have a foundation in my head as to how things are sound, you know how they sound, um, how it's pronounced. I work on pronunciation because that's very important. And I work on the alphabet because, you know, a lot of people tend to forget that the alphabet is important. <laughs> We're learning a language. And, um, I mean, you know, I can read Russian, Braille, French, Italian, um, Spanish, Romanian, even though I don't speak Romanian, but because I have a high passive level of uh, French and Italian. I'm able to understand Romanian and Portuguese is pretty self-explanatory. I also know Spanish very well. So, but, you know, my grammar is not the greatest in Spanish and I really don't care. Um, <laughs> I only learned it for, you know, degree requirement over 22 years ago. So for me, it's, 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 it's not like the biggest language or the most important one on the face of the planet to me. So for a lot of people, you know, here in the U.S., 
they focus on Spanish because we have a, a large Latina um, population, but we have over 400 languages that are represented in this country alone. And English being primary number one. Uh, and if you want to work and, and live in this country, you got to know English. And, you know, I used to do some volunteering for a nonprofit organization called um, uh, Project Learn for Summit County. And um, we had people from all over the world, you know, come and learn English and improve their reading, writing, comprehension skills, speaking skills. But the one thing that they couldn't do very well was understand the prompts when you're talking, when they're talking on the phone. You know, so if you're calling like the hospitals or you're calling, you know, the water company, the electric company, you know, they couldn't understand the speech. And a lot of it was because they weren't doing enough listening, you know. And um, we worked on those sort of things to help them be able to, you know, get by in the U.S. And that's why I say when you go over to someone's country, you need to have those survival skills verbally because, um, you know, that's going to be something that you're going to need in order to get by, you know. Having a conversation is great, but if you can't, if you don't know what a certain food is, or you don't know, you know, where the bank is, or, you know, because you're going to have to take money out, or whatever the case is, you know, that, that those things are, are relatively important. And uh, if you're going to be living there, you definitely need to be able to understand the telephone recordings that are on the, over the phone these days in the target language. And, um, yeah, so those were the types of things we, we dealt with because they, that's what they were having problems with. Yeah. And, and it was it was great because it didn't matter if they were from China or Taiwan or Brazil or Mexico or wherever they were from. Their enthusiasm and their level of motivation to continue to come back week after week to learn to improve their English was just so breathtaking. It was just so beautiful to see. And these people were like 18 to 65 years old in age. But they loved it. You know, and I, I'll never forget it either, you know, because a lot of people didn't know what guide dog was. A lot of people didn't know what this was or that was in regards to technology for people that are disabled. And, um, you know, it was, I learned a lot from them and they learned a lot from me. And, you know, I think of these people often. You know, and I got to practice a little bit of, you know, my Spanish and a little bit of French. And I didn't know very much Arabic at the time. And I, I was very um, highly proficient in speaking Russian. Um, so, yeah, it, it was it was cool. I mean, I had friends from Iraq and Iran and Yemen and uh, other places. Oh, yeah. I like this one. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was just beautiful, you know, and what I fell in love with was the culture, their cultures, and their food. And so... Best thing to make someone love for a country. Yeah. And and I find when I'm uh, learning a language, I want to learn about their food. I want to learn how to cook their food. Now that I'm a vegan, um, I, I definitely want to learn how to cook certain vegan foods from different countries. You know, so 
Yeah, I mean, th- that's that's my main thing with languages these days. I still want to speak them, but I also want to be able to cook and, and learn more about their culture from, you know, food and entertainment and sports and stuff and getting to know people, you know, and how they... Well, if you're... Uh, you mentioned that you're vegan. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in learning Portuguese or... Uh, Portuguese language and, and culture, especially Brazilian, there's a, a, a website called Presunto Vegetariano, mm-hmm. which, which talks about, it's basically a vegan uh, blog mm-hmm. in Portuguese, and it teaches uh, several recipes, especially... Uh, Chanel, yes. I must go right okay. now because I have some things to do, but it okay. was great talking to you. Okay. Thank you for coming on the show. And so sorry for all the interruptions and all those stuff. I oh, no, re- it's okay. Oh, trust me. My, my, my listeners understand. They know. I don't edit my podcast, so they know, you know, I, I probably put towards the beginning oh well this is what you know we had some technical difficulties and you know but Uh, thank you so much for coming i really appreciate it it was a pre it was a pleasure bye 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 i want to thank gustavo ferreira for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. I also want to let the listeners know we did have some difficulties um, as far as being able to um, keep the connection going. It dropped two times. So when you hear it, you'll hear it cut out like twice. Um, And that's because of internet connections. I just wanted to put that out there for anybody who was wondering, you know, what was going on technically. I'm sorry about that. But when you're recording a podcast, sometimes it can be quite, um, you know, difficult, um, you know, to keep your signal intact for the whole episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with myself and Gustavo. We talk a lot about language learning and um, please remember to follow, rate, review, and share this episode with anyone who wants to know more about Gustavo and his language learning journey. And um, I will see you guys in the next episode of Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast. Remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the podcast. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.